What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. I'm John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Hope everybody's doing all right, getting ready for the weekend. We're actually getting ready to head out and camp a little bit this weekend. Hopefully the Wi-Fi signals will be a little bit better this trip. I definitely owe the other channel a uh, either malicious compliance or per revenge video, so I'm going to try to get on that next. But until then, enjoy some tech support stories. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 5,000 copies of the same file on employee's hard drive. I got a ticket from an employee saying that their hard drive was almost full. So I asked them what they'd been doing lately on the PC that was taking up so much space, such as if they had been downloading too many files lately, when they last cleared their cache, etc. So I remote in, go into the browser, and clear the cache. But employee is still uncomfortable with the free space on their drive, so I clear the temp folder. Employee is still uncomfortable with remaining free space. So, concerned something might be wrong, I start running an antivirus scan on the employee's PC. For a while, the file names being shown were all similar. They went like file1.txt, file2.txt, and I think it stopped at around file5000.txt. I then checked the files and yup, they took up a lot of space. I asked the employee why they had 5,000 copies of the same file and the employee replied that they were trying to back it up. Apparently, keeping 5,000 copies of the same file was a good way to do so, and they didn't get the meaning of, have multiple copies of your data. Trying not to laugh over the call, I simply tell the employee that they can upload the file to the network drive. Employee then uploads the file to the drive and deletes the 4,999 copies of the same file. Now they're comfortable with the free space on their drive. I end the call, close the ticket, and hopefully they won't make the same mistake again. I had a habit for a while of saving too many copies of the same file in different places and not usually in the same place though but i got better over time and now i only save two to three copies you know one on this machine one on an external and then i'm trying to work on more cloud-based storage so if all my crap burns up then i don't lose all my files but i can't even imagine what kind of space these files would take up i mean text files really don't generally take up that much space but i guess five thousand of them might I can't sign in. Engineer, I can't sign into my payroll account on my new laptop. Can you help? Me, IT doesn't have access to the payroll system, but HR would be able to help with this matter. Engineer, okay. An hour goes by. Engineer, I still have my old laptop and I can sign in on that one. Can you help fix this? Me, I can try to figure out the issue. May I remote on both machines? Engineer, okay. Remote it on both and copied the password that was saved on the old laptop and saved it to the new laptop. Signed into the account, prompted for a six-digit code sent to engineer's cell phone. Me, could you please enter the code you just received? Several minutes go by. I'm annoyed because it's probably going to time out. Finally, I see numbers being entered and signed in successfully. Me, looks like it's working now. You should be all good. Engineer, I saved the password to the new laptop. Thanks. Me, no problem. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, Computer Literacy for Engineers. I don't know much about engineering, but I do know a few engineers. One of them is an older guy. 
and he tends to overanalyze things to death. But in doing so, he tends to miss the obvious, simple answers. You know, you want to build a, I don't know, let's say a garden bench. Just a regular old, you know, generic garden bench. He'll have that thing engineered to the point where it takes him three days to draw it, three days to pick up materials, and another three days to build it. When really all he wanted was a nice little simple bench stuck in the garden to keep his wife happy. And I could have done all that in an hour, including picking up materials. So, eh. Sometimes overthinking's a bad thing, folks. Why lie? In comes an email from the CEO of one of our clients saying that she's receiving pop-ups, which she finds unprofessional and annoying. Said pop-up is a notification from our RMM system prompting user to reboot PC to complete installation of patches we push out on scheduled basis. I respond back letting her know what it's about and that I'll change the frequency so it happens once a month, but she'll need to reboot so it can complete the update installation and get rid of the pop-up. One week later, today, she sends another email again about pop-ups being unprofessional and annoying, along with a picture of the notification. I again respond she needs to restart her PC for installation to complete and for the notification to disappear. Ten minutes later, she responds she rebooted, but the notification is still present. Oh my god, I know where this is going. I log into our RMM, check her PC uptime. 99 days, 4 hours, and still going. I decide to call her out on her BS, so I take a screenshot of the uptime and attach it to my email response letting her know her PC was never restarted. I haven't heard back from her since. Yeah, if she didn't respond, then she knows the difference between turning off the monitor and restarting her PC. It's the ones that respond that you kind of get a feeling that they really don't understand. They push the little button on their monitor and think, oh, I turned my computer off. Yeah, no. This lady, because she didn't respond, knows that she got caught. Or she realized that she's been doing it wrong the whole time. Of course, if she's been the one that's been on the PC since before 100 days ago, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But anyway, it does sound like she was lying. I won't pay you anything. I work at an MSP doing the usual tech support for all kinds of different business customers. Today we had a new one call in. He has a problem with an old software that won't start anymore. A software we don't offer nor officially support. I asked for his contact details, phone number, email, and so on. To try and help the person, I remoted into the laptop and let the user show me the issue. It was a software from 2012. He told me he had talked to the software provider and couldn't get support for it anymore, and they apparently aren't able to transfer the database. So I tried my best to understand what was going wrong with the software and maybe fix it. Since it had been about 45 minutes already, I figured it wasn't worth to keep trying and told him that I would talk to the software support and ask if he had a number to call them. So he opened up an email that was sent to him by a salesperson with a number at the bottom. I read through the email and they already sent him three official resellers for their new software, but didn't say anything about not being able to transfer the data. I just gave him a call and they confirmed that there was no update possible. So I called the user back and told him to go with one of the resellers in the email. Then I remembered that I didn't ask for a street address. I called him again asking for it. He asked why we needed it. I told him that there's some paperwork that comes with calling for the first time. He asked if we could send an invoice for that and I told him that we do. But you didn't even solve the problem. Nope, I didn't, I said a bit confused. You called for help with software you bought from someone else. I helped you the best I could and came to the conclusion that this is nothing we can solve in a reasonable time. Would you please provide me the address, please? He didn't and kept insisting not getting an invoice. So I transferred him to my boss. I told my boss what happened. This took one minute to a minute and a half 
In this time, the call from the customer disconnected. We came to the conclusion that he won't give us the address and we'll talk about it with my boss's boss. But since he had already given us his name, company name, and phone number, I looked it up on Google and what came back was an address and another phone number. No website though. I think we're not the only people he doesn't want to pay. I figured I would try to give the number a call, so I turned my caller ID off and called the number. You could clearly hear that somebody picked up, but said nothing. I asked if I was talking to user and just got a quick no back. The voice suspiciously sounded like the one from the person I talked to before, so I also asked about the address, to which I also got a no from the user. Both no's sounded more like a very panicked, oh F, oh F. So it obviously was the person who called. I just said that we will send the invoice and everything, but just got nothing back. Told him to have a good day and hung up the phone. Don't try to outsmart people who get paid to solve problems eight hours a day. Or rather, don't be a problem for them. That's what I always tell my kids. Don't try to BS a BSer. I've been at it way longer and I was way better at it at your age. It took them a while to get that through their heads, but I think they're finally starting. And I still don't understand how people figure they can call up support, a paid support line, and expect to not get invoiced whether the problem was solved or not. Uh, if a mechanic works on my car and he puts a bunch of parts in in a bunch of time trying to diagnose something that nobody knows what the problem is, I expect to pay something. Maybe not full price, but at the very least for parts. But even then, if they're diagnosing and stuff like that, you know, people got to make a living. Not everything's going to have an instantaneous solution. So paying for people's time is not unreasonable. You mean I can't mix and match power supply cables? So I work at an electronics computer retailer, which alongside sells also services and fixes computers. And in the short few months of working out in the store, I've already seen more disasters come in than can be healed by a bottle of bottom shelf whiskey. One day a customer and his adult son come in. We'll call them C. In their hands is a chassis without a side panel. Already then I knew I was in for a treat. C. Hi, we recently bought some computer parts from you guys and we can't get the computer to turn on or post at all. Mind helping us out? Me. Sure. Do you know what parts you bought? Customer. Uh, no. We don't know much about computers. Luckily, I find their purchase in our system. It's an i9 900 watt PSU and a 3080 alongside a motherboard, RAM, and everything else one needs to blow close to $2,000 on a computer. Since it's a slow day, I decide to take the computer to our test station and see if it's not a simple issue. Hey, one can hope, right? True to the customer's word, the computer doesn't post. I try to clear the CMOS, check all the cables are plugged in, and can't find any issues, except for the SATA power cable looking a bit different from the rest, and it not being fully seated. I try to unplug it, and what do you know, it works. Plug it back in, and the computer's dead as a doornail. I go back to the customers with my findings. Me. Hey, so without this cable plugged in, it works without issues. Customer. Well, that's odd. I wonder why. Me. I know this is a stupid question, but when you replaced the old power supply, did you use cables that came with the new one? Customer. Yeah, I think we did. Or almost all. We didn't want to have to route that SATA cable through the chassis, so we used the old one that was in there. It was at this point that my brain started playing the facepalm scene out of Naked Gun. Me. You did what? Customer. It looked the same, so we used the old one from the last PSU. Me, screaming internally. Okay, well then, I'm not going to touch this computer for one second more for fear of frying every single part in it. The customer then left the computer with us for a full troubleshoot and to see if the drives were still working. Credit where credit is due to C-Sonic though. Somehow, without the cable connected, the computer worked without an issue. Also, the customer was very nice and understanding about everything. Bonus story. 
I once had a computer come in that was caked with thermal grease. And I don't mean just around the socket. Oh no. There was thermal paste on the outside of the chassis. I'm pretty sure there was more thermal paste than I've used in my entire life. I'll be the first to admit, out of sheer laziness, I have reused some cables in the past because I didn't feel like rerouting them. But it is a bad idea. If I know the parts are the same, you know, same specs and everything, it's not such a big deal. But if you're upgrading your power supply, your motherboard, all that stuff, use the new stuff. You've put $2,000 into this thing. You might as well do it right. As for the bonus story, I've never seen that much thermal paste. I mean, like, I've seen it squish out. In fact, I've had it squish out from behind um, chips before. Never usually to that point. But being in construction all these years, guys with big glue guns for construction glue when you're gluing down, like, the uh, subfloor on your floor joists and things like that, I've seen some of them where, you know, you walk through the first floor after the second floor was put on, and you've got little little stalactites hanging from the ceiling where all that glue squished down because they just cut the hole way too big in the tube and went nuts. I also uh, did some work helping to repaint apartments and apartment buildings for a while. And you know, those paint jobs are nothing special. It's pretty much white, coat everything the same, trim, walls, whatever. And you know, we would tape off a bunch of stuff, spray it, and we were out. Sometimes if the gap was big enough, you'd actually caulk things. And uh, it was it was a pretty cheesy, cheap job, but meh, it paid the bills. We had one guy, though. He would, again, open up the, the, you know, he cut the tip off the tube of caulk. And he would put it in the gun, and he would run a bead of caulk, you know, about as big around as my pinky. And he wouldn't touch it. He wouldn't tool it, nothing. And it would just glob all over the place. And if he missed, he missed. He just left it there and painted over it. Uh, yeah. Even I can't go that far. Short but sweet. Slack doesn't work. Okay, this one's good. Not long, but good. I've got a user that uses a virtual desktop because the corporate desktops are too locked down for the dev work. They come to me with an issue today that Slack won't update, and after uninstalling, won't reinstall because the OS isn't supported anymore, Windows 10. I have a feeling, but I have to be sure. But they're very busy and can't let me look at the system until noon. So I log on and sure enough, the system hasn't been updated in over a year. I find myself wondering why. And then I get another message asking if it'll take very long to fix because they have important things to do. So now I know why. Needless to say, they can't have the system back today until I fully update it and make damn sure they can't avoid it again. Ever. Moral of the story, if a user thinks they're too busy to update regularly, they might want to consider losing their system for a couple days to catch it up, before yelling at us about forced updates. One of my boys was catching up on my episodes today online, and uh, he snitched on me. He really did. He told my wife, Auntie Reddit, that, you know, occasionally I mention her in my videos and I'm about to do it again. Love my wife. But she never restarts her computer. She ignores a little icon down in her tray with the yellow dot that means you need to restart and update. And uh, then wonders why things start going weird on her. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Restart your phone and your computer once a week. It's like changing the batteries in your old smoke detectors before they came out with the lithium ion ones. Um... You know, every spring and fall, change your batteries. Well, once a week, restart your phone and your computer. Do it all at the same time. First thing in the morning, last thing at night, whatever. Just do a regular restart. And no, letting the battery die doesn't count. Yeah, but he swore at me. Me. Newspaper IT, can I get the name and callback number? Shouty. Yeah, I'm Shouty and I'm at 1234. But listen, I just need a new keyboard. Me. Got it, so that's a desk side thing and their regular business hours. Shouty, what? 
Me. Sorry, the only thing they let me do is reset passwords. Actually, I worked for an MSP that newspaper used for outside business hours, so my only job with them was resetting passwords and making tickets for their internal. And apparently it was a big no-no to admit that I'm an MSP. Shouty. Fine. Me. And then are you at the main office? Shouty. Excuse me? Me. On such and such street. Shouty. What the F kind of dumb question is that? Where the hell else would I be? Me. There's like two dozen distribution centers. We take calls from them too. Could you also be doing work from home or could you be on assignment somewhere else? A newspaper owns Medium Town's paper, so we do support for them too. And University's College paper. And there's a handful of little towns around city that have papers that are owned by newspaper. So we do support for them too. Also, newspaper is owned by a conglomerate that owns like 50 newspapers. And we sometimes get overflow calls from them. You could be halfway around the world for all I know. Editor's note. You should clarify this was like 4 or 5 years before COVID since WFM was less common. Work from home. Writer's note. No, they're smart enough to figure it out from context. Me. So again, are you at the main office on street? Shouty. Yes, I'm on the third floor. My cube is in the uh, northwest corner. I have a name placard. Then he hung up on me. Cynic. I don't think that last part was true. Me. Yeah, but he swore at me. Sometimes it's interesting reading these stories, and sometimes it's even more interesting to read the comments down below. I haven't read any on this one, but uh, I have a feeling people were trying to say that you know they didn't believe it. This isn't a true story or whatever. Not sure why, but people like to do that. They like to think they know everything. Just like when I watch certain videos on YouTube and people commenting down below say, Oh, you should have done it like this. You should have done it like that. Yeah, everybody's an expert. It's amazing. Just ask them. They'll tell you. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.